Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Welcome to DTNS Experiment Week. All this week, DTNS is on summer vacation, but in its place is Experiment Week, where our producers and contributors are trying out new show ideas and releasing them right here on the DTNS feed. Enjoy. African Americans are being arrested, charged, and held on faulty ID matches. Twitter favors faces with lighter skin tones, even black Twitter. Autonomous vehicles be out here pedestrian bowling with Kenfo. Facial recognition, artificial intelligence, and algorithms in general really ain't filling us. And in the first episode of the Tech Jump, we are going to discuss why. Welcome to the Tech Jump. I'm your host, Rob Dunwood. And joining me are two OGs in the tech industry that have been reporting on what's going on in the tech community for years. Stephanie Humphrey, a.k.a. Tech Life Steph, and Brother Tech, or he's known by his government name, Terrence Gaines. So, how are y'all doing this afternoon? I'm doing all right, man. Doing all right. Can't complain, man. Trying to navigate these back-to-school shenanigans with my kids, <laughs> <laughs> with this whole masks and COVID and contact tracing and, you know, just trying to navigate a whole thing and pray over my babies. As they I go know back that's to right. <laughs> I know how you feel. My, uh, my youngest is about to start her senior year uh, tomorrow, I think tomorrow or Thursday. So yeah, it's like, let's, let's just get through the school year. Right. So, so we got, we got, we got Rob over here. Who's an empty nester. It looks like he got the last kid out. Is that correct? This will be the last one. Last one. one I, I've got, you know, they never really leave because my oldest, my oldest moved out to DC for what? She was out there for a few years, uh, for grad school. She now lives less than a mile away from me. Yeah, but she out the house. I mean, y'all can do some adult right. things. Is that she correct? out the house? But you ain't, like, she, you ain't got mouths she, to feed. She, right. could, she could stop by. It's you know, when she was in D.C., she couldn't just come by. At least if you mm-hmm. could come back to Columbus, make it be inconvenient to stop by the crib. But I have to give it to her. She live a mile away. She uh, she really ain't coming by that much. Listen, yeah. she got her. She got her. Life. She got right. stuff to do. Stuff going on. Places to be. Unlike me, I gotta make sure some music is playing in the background late at night. <laughs> so wow, right? So so like I said, got Rob over here, empty nester. I'm I'm a middle age adolescent. You know, got one in pre K. I'm so, so old, man. But and we got Steph right. out here out in these streets. Listen, but my mother actually lives with me. Oh, uh, oh so that's so, a whole nother dynamic. So right? that's a whole nother dynamic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's interesting to say the least. <laughs> so we should probably tell the people what the Tech John is. It's a uh you know new podcast. We're not gonna even call this episode one, but um what we wanted to do was put a show together where folks who look like us can talk about tech that affects us the way that it affects us without having to, you know, code shift. You know, we're just going to put it out there, you know, like it is. And, uh, you know, you know, Tech Life Steph has been doing this for years. You know, we see her on Good Morning America and stuff like that. You know, Brother Tech is out here doing conferences. And, you know, I'm like, is that is that my dude doing a conference? He ain't tell me about. So I had to actually hit him up for that. Just uh, what was that? That was last week, wasn't it? That was last and, week. Uh, uh, yeah. Now everything's done. You know, uh, new technology. Everything is virtual yeah. now. So, you know, it, it may have. <laughs> I ain't going to try to blow up their spot or anything like that. But it looked alive last week. But I mm. taped that episode, that segment like a month ago. So the okay. power of technology nowadays. Especially, especially we love to COVID, see it. Right. <laughs> 
virtual summits are the thing. So, uh, and like, you know, I, I have been, um, you know, a part of uh, DTNS for, I don't know, two, three years now. And uh, just having a conversation with uh, Tom Merritt, who uh, heads up Daily Tech News Show. And, you know, just through conversations that we've had was how the idea for the Tech John was born, where basically, you know, we wanted to, uh, you know, bring a show from our perspective. That's not something that you see a lot, um, you know, in the IT industry. So, um, you know, I'm a retired, you know, I guess I can call myself that a retired, you know, technical executive. I've been in the industry for, I don't know, since 95 and just got out of it back at the end of uh, 2019, right before the pandemic started. And uh, I like talking and blogging and podcasting and being on camera and all that kind of stuff. So we're trying to see if we can't make this into a new career for myself. And uh, like I said, you know, Brother Tech, you just, you know, told folks what you do, uh, you know, Stephanie, you, you, you out here doing this. So, you know, tell the people where who don't know you, uh, you know, where you stem from. Well, um, so thank you for having me. I think this is a, is a great idea to just get these tech issues from the perspective of people of color. Cause like you said, we don't, we don't see that enough in the space, uh, at all, but yeah, I am a former engineer. I was an engineer for 13 years. I, I have an undergraduate degree in electrical engineering and a master's degree in telecommunications and networking engineering, um, from FAMU and the university of Pennsylvania, respectively rattlers Yuck. in the building, Yuck. rattlers in Yuck. the house. Yuck. We're not going to talk about this. You eventually we're going to get into this t- Tennessee state versus fam youth. Um, there we'll is no versus that. really. Yeah, like, yeah. That's not really real a competition or a contest. Yeah, okay, so there's okay, not really okay. anything to get into. All right. There. All right. All right. Um, we, we, we know what it is. Okay. Uh, but proud HBCU graduate um, and Ivy League graduate. And um, yeah, worked for worked for 13 years as an engineer with a with a company that shall not be named, and um, just wasn't satisfied, wasn't fulfilled with the work, wasn't really um, happy there, and and started doing a bunch of different things in the in the media and entertainment space. So I mean, I've I've acted, I've modeled, I've I've reported traffic for news uh, stations in in Philadelphia. Um, and back in 2011, so it's been what? That's 10 years ago. 10 years. Uh, pivoted the brand since I had all this background and education and training and technology. And I, and I'm, and I'm an engineer. I was born an engineer. So I love technology that, that didn't go away while I was doing all those other things. I just, hadn't seen how to make the connection yet, but in 2011 was able to make that connection between um, all of the media stuff I was doing and, and all of my technical background and training and a tech life expert was born. So, you know, I basically just get to show people how technology makes their lives easier on a variety of different platforms. I was the tech contributor to the Harry show. Um, I worked for HP as their on-air spokesperson at QVC. Um, and now I am currently a freelance contributor to ABC News, where I do tech segments for Good Morning America and GMA3, What You Need to Know, do some stuff for SiriusXM, um, local stations here in Philadelphia, Fox 29, uh, radio stations. Uh, I write for, uh, I used to write for Ebony, ebony ebony.com. I now write for the Philadelphia Sunday Sun. um, And just, you know, out here spreading the tech gospel in these streets, pretty much. So, So I actually knew of you before Terrence, you know, uh, hit me to you. And he was like, you know, he was like, because he and I were, you know, we had the first conversations about this show. And he's like, oh, yeah, um, I'm going to hit a couple of my peeps up. And then he started, did he sent me your bio? Uh, I think he just sent me your, your Twitter handle. And I was like, oh, like that tech life stuff <laughs> from TV. <laughs> and it's like, it's like, you know, you kind of buried that in the lead that you actually knew people who really do this. So I'm, I'm really happy to have you here. So that Terrence means my get brand this kind is working for me. <laughs> Terrence will get this kind of love. He know, you know, he and I, how long have we known each other? It's got to be, what, eight, nine years now? It's yeah, been back a minute. When you, back when you was a remarkable. <laughs> don't, don't remind me. Don't remind me. Uh, the Blackberries. I'm still, I'm still, you, I'm still upset about tight. that, man. <laughs> I'm still upset about that. Uh, Steph, I used to run a Blackberry enthusiast website. Wow. That was, this is back in the day. So, I mean, I think I started that site like in 2006, 
So it goes way back. He was standing for BlackBerry that hard? Hard. Well, <laughs> well back then, that's I, all there was. Yeah, I you're mean, right. But this is, this is, you know, this is before I, the iPhone. This is listen, before Android. I, I get it. You, you, you ain't, look, you ain't got to justify. I'm just saying that's, that's, that's a lot of, a lot of love. Yeah, for, you, for, you see for, the gray hair. I've been doing this for a while. The BlackBerry right. was the joint back in the day I before listen, they decided I not to. I do not disagree. I, yeah. I had one, but yeah. I <laughs> would never have started a, 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 a stand account. Well, I would just <laughs> say that that led me into meeting Terrence. So, <laughs> there you go. Uh, well, it all worked so, out. <laughs> so it all worked out. So if, if enough, for no other reason, Terrence and I became boys. Like I said, we've known each other for, like I said, it's it got to be eight or nine years. So uh, Brother Tech, why don't you tell the folks about yourself a little bit? And no problem. Uh, Terrence Gaines, like I mentioned, also known as Brother Tech in these technology streets, uh, started off as a blogger blogging about uh, just technology in general. My wife, uh, she got tired of me talking to technology about her. So she said, you know what you need to do? You need to tell somebody else. So that's how Brother Tech, the website was born, talked about technology in general. That kind of led me to freelance writing, almost in the same circles that kind of Stephanie went through, you know, uh, wrote for Black Web 2.0, uh, wrote for Ebony, wrote for Black Enterprise, wrote for a lot of different websites about technology. The blogging led me to be an influencer where, you know, talk about all the <laughs> crappy technology out there. You get the free samples of the stuff that you can't sell, but you don't want to throw away. So I did that whole spiel uh, that led me into actually uh, doing a little bit of consulting. So um, I am an IT professional at heart. Like I said, I've been uh, doing IT for man, shoot, almost 10, 20 years now. Uh, like uh, Stephanie mentioned, I went to the better half of some of these HBCUs <laughs> out here at Tennessee State wah, University. Wah. <laughs> wah, wah. Uh, like I said, man, um, always been interested in technology, always been interested in the gaming. And that kind of led me into uh, Mac Consulting. So I actually do. I'm actually at Apple Certified. A support professional where I have multiple clients throughout the city where I do all sort of Apple IT support, whether it be setting up cloud services, Microsoft 365, um, Google Suite app, Google, what is it? Google apps for business now. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Um, set up all those things. And I still, like I said, from time to time, uh, do some writing for PC magazine, uh, me and my co-host of my podcast, uh, make sure I plug my own podcast here, snob OS. We are Apple snobs and small That's story hilarious. about that is, um, <laughs> again, when I was at home telling my wife about technology, my wife had a coworker telling her about technology while she was at work. And she's like, Y'all need to get together. So that's how our website, our podcast rather was uh, created where we talk all things Apple and then some. So we talk Apple technology news, technology news, and then anything that we want to talk about, social media related, culturally related, so on and so forth. So, again, that is just of me, like I said, husband uh, and father to three kids. OK, so, uh, you know, good stuff. And I'm, I'm not going to spend a bunch of time talking about myself because I don't have any accolades like y'all got. I basically <laughs> do the SMR podcast, been doing that with my boys for 512, 13 episodes somewhere in there. So we've been doing this since I think we started in 2010 and uh, it's a tech show um, by three tech executives that look like we look um, and we talk about tech like folks talk about football and also i'm a regular contributor on uh daily tech news show which is the um you know the birth ground for this show and really just a little bit more about this show we you know as i said earlier we wanted to bring you know some some heavyweights in the industry uh that know how to talk on the mic and talk about tech um and and, and just you know cover uh stories from a different perspective. I don't want to say a second perspective or, you know, but, but, but a different perspective text hits African-Americans differently than it hits, you know, others. So we wanted to just kind of bring, um, you know, some of those differences, uh, you know, to light and, and have a conversation in, in the, in the idea for this particular show, um, where we're going to really, you know, dive into, um, facial recognition and, uh, you know, algorithms, artificial intelligence, um, you know, it was kind of born out of, you know, I was just looking at a story, um, and this is nothing new. I think this happened, you know, a couple of years ago, but a bro got all kind of hemmed up because some facial, you know, facial ID, um, that wasn't even close to being accurate 
misidentified him. And I'm just looking at this story of this bro who had to go through all these hoops. I mean, he spent several nights in jail, locked up, um, all because his photo ID looked like a picture of a grainy black man. I mean, that, that's literally the only, uh, you know, relationship between what this man actually looks like and the picture that they had. He was black. I think that was the the criteria that, that I think they, they were uh, like the same on. size, too. <laughs> like <laughs> rough, the same size. roughly the but, same size. But, but it's like that could literally be anybody. It li- and it's like anyone who would have looked at it would have said, well, no, that's clearly not him because it, it wasn't like they were similar. It was like it, it was completely a different person. But it's not something that, you know, uh, is an enigma in the industry. I mean, these kind of things happen all the time. So, you know, just want to start the conversation with you guys about, you know, you know, what's going on with these algorithms? Why are they not feeling us the way that they probably should? And just for a little background, we want to we want to get at brother his his props. His name is Robert Julian Borshak Williams. This was in Detroit um, back in, uh, like you said, 2019. I think was it last? It might have been last January, actually, because I'm looking at the New York Times piece right now. But um and and yeah, he was accused of um, stealing some watches, shoplifting some watches from a high end store uh, in the Michigan, in the uh, Farmington Hills area. And they showed up at his house, like literally, you know, guns drawn, kids outside crying and, you know, the whole nine. And and even once they realized they had the wrong guy because they literally showed him the picture and he held the picture up to his face and he's like, this ain't me. And they're like, oh, like literally said, I guess the computer got this one wrong, but still couldn't let him go still and still released him without prejudice. That's the thing. When the prosecutor dropped the case, dropped the charges in this case, they dropped them without prejudice, which means that they can go back and recharge him if they need to. So even with the visual, you know, uh, uh, verification that this is not the person you're looking for they still ain't trying to let the brother off the hook completely so it's it's right. just you know just real indicative of of you know the bias in the criminal justice system that goes along with the bias in, in ai right and that's just what i was going to say because you know we are all familiar with the Oh, you fit the description when it comes to police, you know, uh, activity, when it comes to our interactions with the police. And the reason why I think a lot of people that look like us have a problem with this new artificial intelligence, artificial uh, technology as it comes to facial recognition is because it brings up all those traditional stereotypical it's triggering. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It is triggering when it comes to technology, because we can argue all day long and say, OK, well, this person, this police officer, this official, whatever the case may be, they may have a background. They may have an upbringing that breeds racial, you know, being uh, uh, suspicious at at least racial at most. Right. But how do we wrestle with that when it comes to technology? Because we with technology, like, okay, well, this is supposed to make our lives better. And more importantly, how does technology have bias? But when right. in actuality, we've come up with all these stories, we'll share all these details about bias in technology. And it's like, well, how do we get here? You know, and it's kind of hard for a lot of people, you know, people who specifically don't look like us to say, well, you're, that's impossible. You're reaching, you know, it's technology, you know, how can it have bias? And, you know, we're trying to tell people, you know, for lack of a better term, look, you know, this technology is coded by humans. It is coded by actual people, you know, so that bias is going to carry over into the technology realm. Yeah. And there's, there's multiple types of biases. Um, and the biggest one at play, probably when it comes to AI and, uh, you know, and algorithms in general is just implicit bias. I mean, you didn't mean to be racist. You just didn't do things to make sure that you, that, that you weren't. Um, and that's, that's one of the ones that's hardest for people who don't feel like, well, I didn't, I didn't do this intentionally. They don't feel like they've done something. Therefore, well, if I didn't, if I don't feel like I did it, then maybe it really didn't happen the way that you're perceiving it. Maybe, maybe you're wrong. Right. And, um, you know, the, the situation here is that, like I said, th- this thing that happened to this guy in Michigan is horrible. The police tell him as they are putting him in handcuffs at gunpoint. Yeah, this doesn't look like you. 
yet they still arrest him. They still take him. He still spends the night in prison or, or in jail. He still has to go out and shell out for a lawyer. He still has to do all these things. And if you could see the picture that they had in the picture of him, it was a black man, roughly the height of the burglar um, who had a short haircut. That's 40% of all bros, you know, walking around the streets of Detroit. <laughs> so yeah, it, it, it is a big issue, but it's not just, you know, you know about the police here. You know, you know one of the things that, that kind of stood out to me as we started doing a little bit of research on this is that they say that it could be 100 times, you know, more inaccurate for right. women of color. Well, that's the thing that stood out to me. Ding, ding, ding. Hello, hello, like, hello. They said it is, one- it is most inaccurate for black women between 18 and 35. And it's not like, even close. It's by far. Most inaccurate. Like, so it's inaccurate for like white men sometimes and sometimes it gets white women wrong and then sometimes it gets you know maybe asian people and then you know then it gets the brothers wrong a little bit but then at the bottom of the totem pole which 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 is par for the course in america let mind you black women at the bottom yet again with the most erroneous you know, returns in, in, in verification and whatever recognition. Like, so that, that gave me pause. Cause I was like, damn, that's, that's me. That's going to be yeah. me. That's me stopped on the street tomorrow. And, and somebody say this you, you know, and, and it's not me at all. So it's just like, we really, really, really have to, to get to work and, and stop silencing the voices that are doing the work and calling out the bias. Um, so that, you know, I don't end up the next Sandra Bland. Honestly, I I, want to repeat this so people hear it. You know, I'm going to say it with my chest. I'm not saying 10% worse. I'm saying 10 times. Right. To 100 times worse. Right. It's crazy. For black women. Think about that for a minute. So, I mean, there's other numbers in here um, and they're horrible, too. Um, You know, there's another study where um, basically they find that for African-American women, it's, you know, um, 34%. Or worse, uh, more inaccurate than it is for light-skinned, uh, you know, white men. But there are studies like one hundred times worse. It's like when you say one hundred times worse, it's like were you even trying? Did you even sample? You weren't even trying. You couldn't That's have even thing. sampled black even women trying. if you are right. one hundred times, right. you know, less accurate when you're. You there know, are uh, like three pictures of sisters that you use to train this algorithm <laughs> and that was it. And they was all light skinned. You know what I mean? I was just like, come on, man. Like, like help us this out. I, I, I don't want to be the next, the next victim of this because you didn't bother to do the work. Yep. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection. Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. And it's... I was going to say, and the, and the problem with this is, you know, it extends way more deeper into just or way more involved than just police interactions, Absolutely. Mis- misidentifications at airports or at wherever the case may be. You know, this goes into technology as it relates to autonomous vehicles, simply because if you've got <laughs> if you are mis. ID in us when it comes to police interactions and airport stops or whatever. Imagine when people just push this technology forward because it's technology we assume is trusted. So you put it and integrate it into everything, Mm -hmm. including driving cars. So if I'm having a hard time at the airport getting the 
the the uh the soap dispenser to recognize my skin <laughs> to wash my hands. Imagine what's gonna happen when I'm walking a crosswalk and we got all these autonomous vehicles out here who and I'm uh, reading a story here to where it says researchers at the Georgia Institute of Technology find a state of the art detection systems such as sensors and cameras using self driving cars are better at detecting people with lighter skin tones. So. Last place I want to be is in a crosswalk when one of these cars right. comes by and it can't detect my skin is skin tone. <laughs> they saying autonomous vehicles be be out here playing pedestrian bowling. With that, that, that <laughs> that's just a, when you think about it, you know, on the surface, it's just a basic. It's like I have a better chance of being hit by a self driving car because I'm me. That's uh, <laughs> it's awful. It's it, absolutely awful. And we will, you know, in our show notes, we will definitely link to the, uh, you know, that one Twitter article that I know what you're talking about, Terrence, where uh, it's showing that, you know, dark skinned man cannot actually get a soap dispenser to work. Uh, Terrence, you and I are about the same hue. Now, some people will call us dark skin. We aren't. We're very no. medium, medium brown, because if you see somebody that's dark skin, you would say, oh, yeah, Terrence and Rob are not. <laughs> but it doesn't work for, you know, for us sometimes. Is that why the soap is because I, I like every now and again, you know, when I'm trying to get the water to come out, like I could get the soap. Or like it, it, the soap maybe comes out later or it doesn't see. But then the water is always like yeah. fronting on me. And, and I'm sitting here with this handful of soap and I can't get the water. Is that the the, the, the sink is hating on me? Yes, <laughs> it is. is. What you're telling me? It's like they don't want you to have clean hands stuff at the airport. That- stri- right. Well, I mean, maybe because, you know, all of these new reports about celebrities that don't bathe, they just don't think anybody wants to wash their hands. I don't know. But um, (laughs) that's a whole nother story. But I do I do like even like when I'm in the gym or like anywhere I have to wash my hands that uses sensors. There is a sometimes a little bit of a delay or I have to do it twice Multiple or three times. times or, you know, something like that. And and I just I just thought that, you know, oh, the, this is just the cheat. They bought the cheap version of the sensor or whatever. But it, it didn't occur to me that there was an actual reason, uh, algorithmic an AI reason, an AI biased reason behind why I can't wash my hands as, as effectively and efficiently as somebody else. That's insane. Yeah. It's, I mean, basically all that stuff has to be programmed. Um, that sensor doesn't just sense on its own. Someone had to put ones and zeros in there to tell it Absolutely. when you see this color operate, don't operate when you see these other colors. So it see, actually I looks at us as man. I was under the impression that it was just based off of movement. You know, when it would see if something passes across the front of the sensor at a certain distance. So anything, if anything passes across the front of the sensor at a certain distance, it should turn on, ideally. Like, but y'all telling me that ain't the case. Like, what's up? I could be tripping. I could be (laughs) exaggerating. I could be reaching. I don't know, man. But that's that's the the point. This technology is going to be built into everything because it's technology. Our society, we love technology. We're gonna, we're going to, uh, if we can, we will. Right? It's not a question of whether should or not we? we should. Right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's going to be done. So you can imagine this technology is going to start being integrated into everything, like I mentioned, cars. So why wouldn't we make that leap or make that explanation when it comes to something as simple as a soap dispenser or a lotion dispenser? In a bathroom, you know, I it's mean, it's true. not, it's not, it's not a far reach. You know, a lot of people would be listening and maybe say, ah, oh, they're exaggerating. Ah, uh, it's not that. They're playing the race card. Oh, right, right. Race card and everything. I mean, but we've got story after story after story. Stat and, after and stat studies after stat. To prove, yeah. And studies to prove it. Yeah. And this clearly it has affected all of us. Um, I remember I, I literally just was on vacation a couple of weeks ago. And it's just, I kind of know, you know, I, I saw this, you know, this, uh, this Twitter article or, or this Twitter, this tweet a few years ago. So it's been out in the ether for a while, but ever since I've seen it, I just now know if they have a paper dispenser, I'll just grab the paper dispenser. And the trick is you stick it under, you know, on top of your hand and then pull it back real quick. And then, you know, because it's, it saw the white 
you know, paper, it wow. thought that there was a hand under it, and then you pull the paper away, and then the soap will hit your hand. That is a trick I've been that's, doing. That's a, for a lot couple of work, years. man. Can you? I mean, just listen to what you just said, man. You you putting a piece of paper over your hand, you you sneaking it in, you snatching yeah. it back, you keeping the hand like that should never have to happen. Yeah. And I would I would imagine that a lot of folks might be like you, Steph, where they don't realize that it's because of their skin color that the sensor is not picking up on them the first time because it's just what it's always been. It's not like right. it works sometimes. Right. It doesn't work. No, you're always, always, you know, how, how do I get this in yes. there? Sticking the um, hand like in there two and three, three times. And you then know. finally, maybe I guess it must see my palm when it finally does actually give me the soap or, or something like that, as opposed to the back of my hand. But it, it, yeah. it's, it's just, it's just, you know, it, it's so disheartening you know, especially for us who who love technology, who who love to see the advances, who who anticipate what it's going to be able to do for all of us and how it's going to be able to change our lives to know that there are still these little things, you know, because of human, you know, because of our human condition, you know, in this country and around the world. And and it, it is just it is just very disheartening to know that these little things still exist in a in a space that is supposed to be colorblind and democratic and meritocratic meritocratic or whatever um you know all of those things that these little things still exist it, it, it is very very disheartening i yeah. need i need google and them to do better i was just in the car the other day and i was listening to one of the you know one of the local uh radio shows and it's not a tech show at all but this came up it was a sister who was on one of these shows she just came off a of vacation and she was complaining about, I don't even know why I do global entry because it always lets me get out, but it never lets me get back in. And the reason is because when she, she you know, she's going on vacation, she's coming back tan. And she's like, every time that I come back and I have any kind of tan, the facial recognition doesn't get me. So I have to go to an additional line where they have to check my passport and do all the stuff that I was hoping that global entry would alleviate me from having to do. So it's it's not always someone getting arrested or, right. you know, someone being misidentified. It is everyday, um, you know, little stuff. And I'm sure that there are a lot of people are thinking, well, that's, that's not, you know, a big deal. And, you know, if it was just one person one time, it wouldn't necessarily be a big deal. But it's a lot of people, a lot of the a time. A lot of the time. And the answer is, oh, it's just not a big deal every time. So, you know, you know th this needs to be addressed because if it was a larger segment of the population that disaffected, it, it, it would get corrected. And that's all Absolutely. that we're asking is that, you know, you need to correct it. Um, and then, you know, when you come out with the next new thing, put some, you know, some people who have a different perspective on your development teams and let them ask some questions that you didn't necessarily think to ask to make sure that you aren't discriminating against someone implicitly, um, you know, with an implicit bias because you just didn't think, like I said, you know, um, a lot of people would say that Terrence and I are dark skinned brothers. We are not, we're not, mm -hmm. not even close. I consider um, myself, I consider myself caramel, but continue, caramel continue. Conflicted. So, continue. Um, <laughs> so like, you know, like, example, you know, we've got a story in our notes about Twitter. I mean, you know, Twitter has shown and, and, and they're working on this. But, you know, when Twitter is using AI to pick out faces, it prefers lighter tone faces, regardless of what it is that is being talked about. So, you know, there's a there's a thing out there for folks who are listening who have not heard this term called black Twitter. And it is a thing. Um, and you should spend some time and uh, investigate, learn about it. It, it it'll, it'll make you smile. There's some really cool stuff maybe, on black maybe, Twitter. But even with black Twitter, it doesn't say, like maybe, black faces. I was no. say maybe black Twitter will be our uh, second episode. But uh, continue. <laughs> yeah, I was just saying that, uh, you know, you, you know, e Here's even when. Thing, I think, you know, the, these are all, I, you know, like you said, something that people would consider minor inconveniences. Why are you, it's not a big deal. Just, you know, run your hand under the sensor another, another time or whatever. But, but there are some instances where, where the use of AI is life or death for people of color. And that's in mm -hmm. healthcare because Absolutely. we talk about facial recognition and, and the, and the AI that goes into facial recognition, but there's also artificial intelligence and algorithms being used in how uh, people get treated and how people are, are allowed to receive treatment by insurance companies um, and healthcare companies. And, and there was an article I read in, in Nature 
And the one particular statistic that stood out to me the most, uh, because they, because the algorithms don't consider black people to be as sick as they consider white people to be when they have the same symptoms, when, when all of the other, you know, thing, everything else being equal, they still won't consider black people to be as sick. So they won't recommend the same type of treatment for a black person as they would Mm -hmm. for a white person. And the statistic that stood out to me is with the with the algorithm as it stands the the one of the main ones that that a lot of the healthcare organizations use with the algorithm as it stands there were 17% 17.7% of black people that got extra care that they needed versus 46.5% that should have gotten the extra care that they needed you know what i mean and i think about my mom who has high blood pressure and you know is, is older and, and, and my father who has diabetes and high blood pressure and heart disease and all of these different things who would go into a doctor's office and not receive the same type of care as somebody who maybe didn't even have all of those things because of the color of their skin. I think about myself, you know, when I'm, when I'm advocating and trying to make sure that I get the right amount of healthcare, if I ever did decide to get pregnant, maternal healthcare and mortality, like, like it, it, it's, it's, you know, we're, we're, we're having fun with the idea that, you know, we might get hit run over by a, a self-driving car and we're trying to keep this topic light. But at the end of the day, we really are in a battle for life and death with the way these algorithms are biased towards people of color. And, and we really, really got to keep doing the work of raising that awareness and making sure that these teams get more diverse. Right. And not yeah, only we, that, you know, you think of those same people like, you know, uh, te- Stephanie, that you mentioned, you know, that builds even more of a distrust in the health system, because like you mentioned, if you go to a doctor, you know, you go to a hospital and algorithm says, well, or does this and this outcome that happens, then you're already, okay, you've just solidified my distrust that I I have in the health system. Mm -hmm. And then you end up not coming or not coming as frequently or not coming when you should. And then that's how you know, you 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 avoid the hospital until you end up with stage four of this and advanced that and whatever Facts. the case may be, because this actually builds into our psyche. You know, that could be damaging just to our mental. Oh, absolutely. And I think when it comes to healthcare, and we don't have to dive into this in, in this show, but you know, I, I threw out the term implicit uh, bias. I think when it comes to healthcare, there's a whole lot of systemic, you know, bias and just racism yeah. in there as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But also, but, but but there is still a lot of implicit. So one of the studies I was looking at um, about this, I think it might be, you know, one of the same ones uh, you were looking at, Stephanie, was that it was talking about uh, how much, um, you know, someone spent on healthcare as a determinant um, to how much healthcare they actually needed, how bad things were. So historically, African-Americans spend less on healthcare, regardless of what the reason, you know, for spending in the first place is. So you could have a, a, you know, a white person historically that if they, you know, if they sprain their ankle, they may actually go to the hospital, get the MRI, spend significantly more from a healthcare standpoint, than the black person who has the exact same injury, the black person just man, I'm not doing, I'm not, I'm not going to get the MRI. I'm not doing, you know, I, well, let's just before I go spend ten grand for one test, let's just see if ice and compression help. And so you testing. tend to spend less on it. So yes, literally rub some robot testing. What is what the Chris Rock's greatest stand ups, but. uh you know, but the, the the problem with that is that if you're looking at just how much people spend on healthcare, you automatically are going to be biased in that because different groups of people spend different amounts for the same thing. So, so that gets coded right into the technology. It coded, gets coded right, right into, into technology. Absolutely. So, so yeah, so so these are things that we uh, you know we, we definitely need you know to look at. And then and, when we do try to diversify the space. You know, even that gets shut down. That brings me to Tim Nick Gabriel, who worked at Google. She was there leading, you know, she co-led their ethical AI team. So she was widely regarded and still is widely regarded as one of the foremost, you know, authorities on artificial intelligence and, and the, and the ethics that need to go behind how these algorithms are getting programmed. And they, and they pushed her out because she found out something that was probably going to hurt their bottom line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure did. 
ethics don't mean nearly as much when it affects how much you make. No, not at you all. You can always excuse <laughs> ethics. Be, ethics become optics when when it when the money is on the line. It, you should put just, that on a t-shirt. Ethics <laughs> become optics because that's exactly right. It's like. Oh yeah, we are we are really, really into making sure that we're doing all this stuff that is ethically right until it actually affects how much money we make. And then oh exactly. no. Exactly. That person that illustrated what was wrong, they gotta go. And then instead of them like working with her and saying, you know, like you mentioned going back, Rob, you mentioned that story about Twitter and Twitter actually put out a statement, and this is of course it could be the optics again, where they say, you know, we are working to do better. And they've Mm -hmm. actually said, okay, well, they've got to give, they gave a better explanation of how they do uh, cropping images when it comes to this sort of thing, you know, so they kind of opened up, you know, or were more open about how they do this technologies. But it's just strange that instead of them, Google in this case saying, okay, uh, we want to thank our uh, scientists you know, she has uncovered this new thing that we need to we know we need to work better on. And as a as a matter of fact, we're going to make her lead of this team right. so they can do more explanation or more a deeper dive into this research. Like you said, it went back to uh, the bottom line and said, OK, well, she, it sounds like she's going to cause a problem for us. Let's just go ahead and rub the, uh, run this sweep this under the rug. And you, it always it, it helps. Uh, it hurts rather to to wonder how many times has this been done before? Instead of right. them attacking this problem head on, it's saying, okay, we're just going to sweep this over under the, the road. messenger, basically. Right, right. Yeah, and, and, and to call a spade a spade, with Twitter, them fixing their algorithm and getting it right ultimately bolsters their bottom line. In the case with Google, not so yeah. much. He's like, right. no, this is going to cost us money. Right. <laughs> we're we're going to go a different direction because we're not trying to come off of the level of effort that it's going to take to fix these things. So we would rather just not have the person who's calling them out here. I will say, you know, because, you know, we don't want to be Debbie Downers. Yeah, um, Google is, <laughs> well, and I will be if I need to be because, you know, we'll need to be called out. But I would say Google is actually changing some of this up or upgrading or updating some of the software in their um, image processing for their cameras. So the new Pixel phones this fall will have better image processing that will better recognize dark faces. There was an issue about not recognizing curly hair or wavy hair especially against a darker background and when you're using portrait mode and different things like that. So, you know, that that these are the I mean, we're 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 clearly going to have to do this incrementally and and in and in baby steps. So, you know, that's one thing. I also appreciate the fact that, you know, in response to um a few major cities pledging not to use facial recognition in law enforcement, um like Amazon's recognition system, Microsoft system, a few other big tech systems have 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 taken their systems offline until they can really dive into the AI and the algorithms and and make sure that you know that bias is 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 as mitigated as it can be so you know i you know i i like as as with anything else in this country that relates to race you know we got to take it one step at a time but it does look like um some of the companies are at, at least recognizing that there is a problem that needs to be addressed yeah, I think it's definitely good that you have, you know, governments, municipalities, they're saying we're not going to use this. But I think it's also, uh, you know, something we should note that companies that created are now going to their customers and saying you can no longer use it for this. It's not accurate enough. Um, and, and that helps, too, because I think we all would agree there are some places that they could really care less about whether or not it's accurate or not. It's a tool that we have. We paid for it. There's a lot of people up. We're going to use this software. Um, right. And uh, like I said, it's it's I, I can't get beyond that in some cases that this is 10 to 100 times more inaccurate for, for black women. women. <laughs> 10 to 100 times more accurate. Where else in society? Where where in society is that acceptable? Amongst our fair, complected brothers and sisters out there, when, when, when could you say it's like, yeah, we're going to use this for, you know, for, you know, for, for white women. It could be a hundred times more inaccurate than it is for white men. Well, we're going to use still, it anyway. We're, still go ahead, we're still going to go ahead and roll with it. It'll never happen. Right, it right. It'll never, ever happen. 
And I think, again, the concern, like I mentioned before, is this is going to go forward. We're not going to table artificial intelligence. We're not going to table uh, facial recognition. This is going forward. They're going to find new practical or in our case, impractical ways to use this. And I just think, you know, to be more proactive, you know, something as simple as going back to Timmy Gabru, you know, from Google, you know, more diversity in research. That's you know, it. I mean, that is a simple thing that we have been talking about diversity in technology in general. You know, when you have a specific problem that affects black folks as it relates to technology, the proactive thing before this becomes minority report, <laughs> before this becomes Skynet, <laughs> would be to add more diversity in research, you know, development and implement implementation. Absolutely. And I gotta call out another uh a uh, woman of color researcher, Joy, and and please forgive me, Joy, if you're listening, because I'm about to really do my best on your last name. Um, Bolem Winnie, Bolem Winnie, Bolem Winnie. I think that's it. Brolin Winnie. That's what I'm going with. Uh, Joy Brolin Winnie. Uh, she is a researcher at MIT. She was the subject of a Netflix documentary called Coded Bias. And, um, because she did a ton of research in this, in this very field, the facial recognition field. And she also works, um, and founded an organization called the Algorithm, Algorithmic Justice League, um, that is continuing this work and fighting to get more diverse, diverse voices in the space. So, you know, there, there's folks out there fighting the good fight absolutely so what do you guys think um you know besides the obvious thing is hire more diverse work staffs you know a, a work you have a diverse workforce you'll hear different opinions you'll hear different thoughts but beyond that what are some of the things that organizations can do to try to make sure that they're Algorithms are not being biased against people of color against women against a particular demographic well, don't be lazy. I mean, you know, there there are some issues around bigger data sets. It partially, that was part of what uh, Timnit was at Google was was um, calling out was the fact that to to train these data sets to to be the most effective in their artificial intelligence, it takes a lot of energy. The same way it takes to mine Bitcoin, it takes that same amount of energy to train these data sets to recognize faces and do things like that. So, you know, that the the the, the bottom line piece of it may be part of the reason why we don't get as as much data in the system as 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 white people may get because it just takes too much time and too much money and too much energy and and too many resources to add that much data but maybe pull back on the amount of you know data you're using for for someone else and for for a time at least and add more because it literally just boils down to you haven't used enough data to train your system um, and, and whether, be, whether because you didn't even think to use it, like you said, the implicit bias, like, oh, I didn't even think to put, you know, 10 black pictures in here when I have a hundred white pictures. Um, you know, use, use more data and, 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 and figure out how, what that looks like in the, in the grand scheme of, of training your systems. Like right. that seems like such an easy fix. Just use more data. Right. And then until then they get to those being able to train those big data sets, you know, there, I know it sounds counterproductive, but you may need more human oversight. Again, like I mentioned, that's, Absolutely. Counter, that's counterproductive to, you know, artificial because it's artificial and it's supposed to be rapid. It's supposed to be more accurate, so on and so forth. But throughout this whole, you know, episode, we have pointed out specific ways to where it's not as accurate. So until we can get to where you can train those big data sets, you're going to need human oversight, especially especially when it comes to putting black folks in hurt, harm, or danger, police interactions, right. you know, uh, um, you know, hit by cars. Uh, yeah, right. right. I, was, I, I was trying to come up with a better way to say it, but you know, you gotta play Frogger with the Ubers out there, you know, okay. we're going to have self-driving Ubers at some point and you got to play Frogger with them. And you got to like, play Frogger and don't let it be nighttime. You really right. doubly. <laughs> so guys, good episode one or you know what we can't call this one let's call this episode zero um you know it, I, i've enjoyed uh, having this conversation and you know i think that we're going to be able to have uh you know more conversations uh you know like this 
Um, you know, as we said at the beginning of the show, what we want the Tech John to be is not necessarily a second take, but a second look at the news that is going on. You know, when we start doing regular shows, we're going to actually, you know, break down, you know, about a lot of big tech stories that have happened, uh, you know, you know, during the week or previous couple of weeks. And we're going to break them down, you know, how they affect us. Sometimes it's not going to be any difference, but sometimes, many times uh, there will be. And, uh, you know, th- those are the kind of conversations that we're going to have here on the Tech John. So um, I don't know. Uh, I want to allow you two to uh, give everybody your uh, credentials. So how, you know, how folks can get at you um, if they want to you know, send you a tweet or send you an Instagram or Snapchat or whatever. Uh, uh, Stephanie, why don't you go ahead and start? Yep. I am all around the web at Tech Life Steph. T-E-C-H-L-I-F-E-S-T-E-P-H. Hit me on IG, send me a DM, or you can always visit my website at tilldeathdoyoutweet.com. Yep, and you can find me, uh, Terrence Gaines, also known, like I mentioned, as Brother Tech, B-R-O-T-H-A, not E-R. I'm not Brother (laughs) Tech. I'm Brother (laughs) Tech. (laughs) You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at that handle. And also, like I mentioned before, me and my co-host, Nika Monford, we run a uh, Apple-centric podcast called Snob OS. You can find us on the internet at Snob OS. And I am all things at Rob Dunwood. Um, and you can check me out on my podcast, the SMR podcast. And you can also check me out on daily tech news show. I'm a regular contributor there and, uh, and on a couple times a month. So just want to thank you guys for, uh, for joining me and want to thank all the listeners for, uh, you know, giving us an opportunity to get in front of you with, uh, the check John, where you're going to hear things from a little bit of a different perspective. Hope you enjoyed When we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.